This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This is episode number 20. We're going to talk to Stormy Scott here on the show later on, but before we get to that, we've got the ultimate the brand new ultimate super late model series announcer blake harris is going to join us to preview the ultimate late model series season opener coming up this weekend what's going on blake uh man just got off of work sitting on the couch right once i get done here i guess watch some march madness basketball i guess but and also get some notes ready for this saturday well i hope you got your notes ready for this podcast bud oh i do buddy <laughs> well man so yeah you are kicking it off this weekend at lakeview motor speedway down there in south carolina and uh who are some of your heavy hitters you think are gonna show up and uh do battle this weekend oh we should have a good field of course we have our ultimate regulars but we got the matthew nance the rum runner car coming dustin mitchell he's coming off a win with the blue ridge outlaw eight model series just this past saturday at lakeview of course, G.R. Smith, Adam Yarborough, and you'll throw in some of your ultimate regulars. We also got some hometowners down to that area like Christian Thomas and Willie Milliken. It should make for a good race. Yeah, it should definitely be a good show this weekend. Uh, I think it's I think it's a good deal. We are getting started back up, and uh, you know what's uh, what's some of that what's some of the landscape of that tour look like throughout the season coming up? All right. It looks like a pretty good tour. You know, we're going from Georgia, South Carolina, to Virginia, and we got some big races. Of course, we got rained out at Winter Freeze in February. That was supposed to be our opener, but coming up here, we got two consecutive races here the next two weeks with Lakeview and Modoc. Then starting out Friday, April 30th, we have a race every weekend up to Saturday, June 19th for the revamped queen city champion at the charlotte dirt track of course that race used to be held at the old metrolina speedway so it's glad to rekindle some of that magic we're going to natural bridge for the first time for the log cabin speedway reunion we got of course the two 15,000 we got a 15,000 to win race and 20,000 to win race in virginia it should be a fun tour and i'm glad to be a part of it yeah, there's a lot of good-looking highlights on that uh, on that tour for sure coming up. And, uh, you know, especially, I guess, probably the biggest one is probably that Virginia Motor Speedway King of the Commonwealth, 20000 to win. Of course, man. I've never been to Virginia Motor. We got the King of the Commonwealth and the USA 100. I'm hurt. I've heard it's an excellent facility. Of course, Ultimate's going there, been going there for a while. But I'm ready to head up to Jamaica, Virginia, and put on a good show for the fans up there. Yeah, both of those races pay twenty thousand to win. Of course, the King of the Commonwealth is May fifteenth, and and the other one, uh, the USA one hundred, is August seventh. Both of those are twenty thousand to win. That's pretty big. Uh, that's a pretty big purse for the Ultimate Series. I mean, you guys race for four and five thousand to win a lot of times, and sometimes ten. But to throw in twenty thousand dollars at your uh, series regulars, and plus get some more heavy hitters in there or whatever. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big uh, bonus to you know for these guys to run that series all year. Yeah, definitely. Of course, you got Ultimate Southeast. Of course, is a local tour around here, and to bring some. Big money races to the local boys, kind of. Of course, we'll have some of the big guys put their name in the hat for that race like they always do. But to give back to the local races with such 
a good payout at Virginia Motor Speedway. It's going to make for a good time. Yeah, one highlight here on the schedule that I'm really, really looking forward to is that June 19th uh, at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway, that Queen City 50. You kind of briefly mentioned it, but can you maybe tell us what we can expect that weekend? I know I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, man, we got a lot of different. We're not just supers. We got the crates and the limiteds coming as well. I'm pretty sure 602 and 604 crates. Don't count me on that. But, yeah, man, being an announcer, uh, going to world finals every year, been going as a photographer, but I'm ready to announce there, man. There's a lot of history there going back to world finals, the colossal. I'm ready to add the ultimate of that storied history book of the Charlotte Dirt Track. Yeah, and you talk about a nice facility as far as, uh, you know, that booth up there you get to work out of and announce. I mean, it's... Uh, oh, my. It's, it's immaculate. It's, it's immaculate. And, uh, yeah, you'll get to play some play some tunes over those uh, over those big PA speakers and really do some broadcasting up there. That should be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, of course. It's a lot different going to this Ultimate. Of course, this is the first tour I've done. I announced at East Lincoln. You talked about playing the tunes. I called myself more of the hype man of East Lincoln. It was announcing <laughs> some races, selling some cheeseburgers, and playing some music to get the crowd pumped up. So it's a little bit of a change for me, but I might throw in a little bit of music in there. But like I said, I can't thank Kelly Carlton enough for bringing me on this tour this year. I've been around Super Late Mall since I was little. Actually, my stepdad was the crew chief for Jeff Cook when he drove the Hamlet car, and they would run Southern All-Star Series, which Kelly – of course, was the race director for So me and Kelly go a while back. I don't know if he remembers me when I was that young, but it's crazy to think now I'm working for Kelly and my love for Super Late Model started when I was that young under a Kelly Carlson series. Yeah, you've got a neat opportunity there. So kind of how did that come about uh, to, to, to land that opportunity to be the official announcer this year? Well, it was just kind of circumstance. I was looking for something to do this year. I was going to leave east lincoln because i to be honest kyle i'm you know me me and you've traveled up and down the road some races i don't like being locked down every week and this is what i love about the tour i get to go travel see i like i don't want to say see the world but go to some racetracks like virginia motor and other tracks i've never been to i've always wanted to go to kind of like a bucket list tour for me and tommy had decided he was going to retire at the end of the year so kelly reached out to me and asked if I would like to be the announcer for the 2021 season. And, of course, I can't turn that offer down. It's a dream for me to announce a Super Late Model Tour. It's still a dream for me to announce a Super Late Model Race. I've never announced a Super Late Model Race yet, besides the ones I did with Tommy uh, at the end of 2020, just to kind of understand him. It's a big shoot still, but I'm ready for it. Like I said, I can't thank Kelly and all the fast track family enough for this opportunity. I think you're ready for the challenge, Blake. I really do, and I, and I think uh, I think you got a lot to look forward to, and uh, your career and everything. But yeah, that that race this weekend, so April 10th, 5,000 to win Lakeview Motor Speedway Ultimate Super Late Model Series will be in action. And when you go there and you hear the voice behind the mic, that's Blake Harris. So yeah, so this past weekend, man, we had the World of Outlaws in action at Farmer City, Illinois Farmer City Raceway, and it was uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, did you get to watch any of those races? Uh, of course, I was at the Hickory Motor Speedway. I kind of turned to the dark side this weekend. Well, yeah. Asphalt stuff, but I got to see some clips of it. Glad to see Bobby Pierce back in victory lane. It's been a while. Ever since he went to that Dunn-Benson ride, he's kind of 
stayed local and not won these big races. But even with Cody Mallory, of course, Mallory wasn't on his crew this past weekend. He was helping Strickler. So to see Bobby Pierce back in the victory lane, it's pretty good to see him back winning races. Yeah, that was kind of an odd deal, wasn't it, the way uh, Cody Mallory switched jobs there. And, you know, I guess, you know, we don't really need to talk about it on the show. I mean, I guess everybody pretty much has seen what's happened there. But, yeah, he's over there working for Kyle Strickler now. And, you know, I've had Kyle Strickler on the show twice now because things changed so much with him. Hell, I might have to have him on here again because uh, that's, oh, yeah. that's a pretty big uh, swap in the middle of the season chasing the points title there, isn't it? They always, of course, you know I'm a history guy. Of course, everyone in NASCAR has heard of Suitcase Jake changing jobs every six months. That's about every crew member in the super late model world. Yeah, all of them. It's not just one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, so yeah, the world. And Mike Spatola, by the way, Opie picked up his first career World of Outlaw late model win on Friday night. And uh, that was a pretty spectacular race there, too. Uh, so yeah, it was it was cool to get to see him win his first race. And I think there's many more to come, but yeah, six thousand to win was what it paid on Friday night, and then of course twenty thousand to win went to Bobby Pierce on Saturday, and that wasn't no walk in the park for Bobby. Kate Dillard almost snuck in there and got him there late in the going. You having Stormy on the show here coming up, and I want you to ask him a question for me. What is it? He's a part of this fraternity of mod drivers like Strickler, Hoffman and Dillard coming up. And I'm saying 2021 is the year all these mod guys are kind of rising up and taking out some of these dirt late model guys. You're looking at Ricky Thornton, Kate Dillard, Stormy Scott got a win at East Bay. Strickler's hot right now. If the skinny tire game's coming up, a whooping on our late model See, boys, Kyle. See, Blake, that's why I wanted you to be come on by and be in the studio with me because you could have asked him. I would have got you to ask I him. I know, man. I is busy at work, man. We've been, since you started this podcast, me and you have been trying to work out when I can come to the studio. I promise you, Kyle Armstrong, I will be in that studio one day and we can do a whole hour together. I hear you. That'd be perfect. But yeah, yeah, I'll definitely ask him that. But yeah, just so, so I guess, so the World of Outlaws, we've kind of covered that. So, uh, of course, Taswell Speedway, Taswell, Tennessee, you know, this weekend was a pretty big show. Uh, Jonathan Davenport went there and it paid 21000 to win. Jonathan Davenport picked up that win and Kyle Larson kind of surprised everybody when he rolled in and they, they finished second. And then Tyler Herb, of course, he finished third and that was a really... A uh, really interesting race, the way that thing played out. You know, Urban Larson swapping back and forth for second, but Jonathan Davenport just checked out and took their money. And I'm telling you what, Jonathan Davenport is really looking good right now on these high bank tracks. You know, he won Bristol, Taswell's high bank, and then going into Bristol again next week. I think Davenport's got to be your favorite going into Bristol. Yeah, them Bill Stein shocks are really working good on the banking, but Superman's coming to his own here. These big money races, of course, didn't get a win in Speed Weeks, but of course Brandon Shepard didn't win in Speed Weeks anyway, either. So Speed Weeks was kind of off this year in the winters, but great to see Davenport back going, of course. Larson enjoying his off weekend, going to run Tazdewell. I have a feeling that had to be an eye-opener for him in the Rumbley 6 car. So great to see Kyle. It's great to see a big name like that coming and running these short track shows of course he ended up second behind davenport but good run nonetheless in that rumbling car yeah it's huge for the sport too i think whenever he shows up and races i think a lot of people are paying attention to what we've got going on over here and and that's uh that's never a bad thing so and then uh you know richmond raceway this weekend the ultimate uh that ultimate series that runs up there uh zach Dolan picked up the win 
So what's the deal on that Ultimate Series that runs up? I know there's like several different Ultimate Series. If you can clear up some of the air yeah, on that. I think it's Heart of America or Battle of the Bluegrass. There, of course, they got the Butterball Memorial. It's twenty grand to win it, August 20, 20th and 21st. So, yeah, there's the Ultimate. Of course, you got the Ultimate Northeast up there. Ultimate, there's many Ultimate Series under the Fast Track banner. Of course, I'm only doing the Southeast stuff, but if you're not – in the southeast, there's plenty of ultimate racing for you up in the Midwest, up north in PA and all that area. So go check them out. It's very interesting the way that deal branches out. You know, they've got a lot of races going on a lot of the time. And it's paired up with Fast Track too, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, And then also, Southern All-Stars race. Congratulations to Pearson Lee Williams picking up $4,000 down at Patriots Park Raceway in Dublin, Georgia. That's a track I've never been to. May may have not even ever heard of it before, but uh, but I've always I've always liked Pearson Lee Williams. Of course, he didn't have he got that one Drydeen win at Modoc. But I'll always say this: Pearson Lee Williams. He got he had been good in crates, but he got in that ride. I'd say a little early. He didn't have as much super experience, and everyone kind of everyone seen Brandon Overton do all this great stuff in the tube, and Pearson Lee Williams wasn't able to rekindle that magic. But give Pearson Lee a little bit of time and confidence. I'm thinking he's paired up with Wynn right now. Was was what I'm thinking of that 19 car. Don't hold me to it. But look out for Pearson Lee Williams. Start getting that super experience with the big motor and the tire wear. Pearson Lee will start winning some races in 2021. I think he's going to be good. I think he's turned the corner here on his career. And then also, last but not least, we can't uh, forget the Carolina Clash Series was racing just right up the road here from us in Friendship Friendship Motor Speedway in Elkin, North Carolina, where Dalton Wilson picked up the big win up there, 4,000 to win. And, you know, Ross Bells was also in attendance there, so it looks like to me Ross Bells has dropped off the World of Outlaws and is going to just pick up some of these local races from here on. And that's really a heartbreaker, man. I was really looking forward to seeing him stay on that tour and run that. Yeah. Ross Bales and Tony Jackson Jr. Was another one that disappointed me that dropped off the world of my all tour. He wasn't at Gaffney last week, but shout out to Dalton Wilson. He's been needing this win in the super late models. He held off Ross Bales, Trent Ivy, Jeff Smith got a second place finish. Of course, Dalton Wilson's good, but Jeff Smith, he needed that second-place finish. Him and Zach really been thrashing over there on that 70 car, so good run for everybody, and congrats to Dalton Wilson again on that win at Friendship. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Smith being the uh, points leader right now in the Carolina Clash, too. I love so it. He's... Him and Zach, that's a family operation, of course. You got Grassy, you got Freddie Smith, Jeff Smith, and you got the fourth-generation crew chief, two-time Crew Chief of the Year for the Ultimate Super Late Mall Series, by the way, Zachary Smith. Great to see them run good with that long point. Yeah, I'm hoping that they have a good year, man. They've been uh, needing to turn the corner for a long time on that deal. So, so yeah, anyway, what, yeah. then, of course, this weekend, man, we've got Bristol Motor Speedway coming up again for the uh, World of Outlaw Late Models, and that's probably going to be the uh, – That'll be the highlight of the weekend, no doubt about that. Lucas Oil even postponed their events for this weekend just to make way for the World of Outlaws. So uh, that's where I'm going. I'm going to go up there and check that one out. Blake, I wish you guys a lot of luck this weekend with your uh, ultimate super late model debut on the microphone. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to get out to some of those races this year. You can count on that. And, uh, and man, we'll see you soon. And uh, keep, us, uh, keep us up to date on what, uh, what goes on down there. I will, Kyle. Good luck. I'm loving your podcast, man. Of course, I had my own podcast. It got a little bit too busy for me, but you've had on people 
Jack Hewitt, Davenport, Strickler. I'm loving listening to it every week, and I'm honored to be in that list of greats that's been on this podcast. Before I go, I kind of, not to end on a somber note, but of course, Kyle, you've been around Carolina racing for a while. It's not super late mall related, but Jamie Madison passed away Sunday. Of course, they're having a remembrance for him at Cherokee on Sunday. I'm going to be out there. King James, one of the best drivers. He can wheel anything. So, prayers out to the Madden family, man. He, he that was, was hard to see yesterday. Yeah, no doubt about that. He was one of the greatest drivers uh, that I'd ever got to watch. I mean, he uh, I can remember him running three or four divisions in a night, and he'd pick up, you know, at least two or three of those wins, you know, at Cherokee Speedway. And he was one of the big dogs, man, at the time, you know, growing up, getting to watch him race a lot. And that's a tragic deal, man, the way, uh, you know, losing him like that and he'll be missed so uh so yeah jamie madison man that's that's a somber note for sure but uh yeah man. i had to throw it in though man jamie was always nice to me De- growing up i watched daddy race with him. of course his brother andy i'm still good friends of course with his nieces and nephew and all the madison so i kind of had to throw that in there man right it wouldn't feel right if i didn't get to mention king james well i want to throw one more thing in there and then we've got to uh we've got to cut the break but uh you know also be sure to check out some of blake harris's work on speedsport.com he's uh he's a contributor he, he's wrote a few articles on there and he does a good job of those too so yeah blake you keep up the good work on everything you've got going on too man and like i said we'll see you down the road at the next race yes sir i'll see you soon mr kyle see you bud thank you Joining us next on the Andy's Towing Hotline, it's Stormy Scott. What's going on, Stormy? You doing all right today? Yeah, not too bad. Just uh, getting everything cleaned up and getting ready for this weekend. So that's about it. I hear you. Where are you racing at this weekend? Uh, We're going to go to Wheatland to the MLRA Nationals. I got you. That ought to be a good show. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be a lot of good cars there. So I think it'll be... uh, should be a fun race, and there'll be good competition there, and I think it'll be good to go and try to get ready for the show-me and stuff later in the year. Exactly. That's a good plan. Pays 5000 to win. I think you got a good shot. You know how to get around that track pretty good, don't you? Yeah, that's one of the few tracks that I actually get to race at that I race the modified at. So it's kind of it's nice to go somewhere that I actually have raced at. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and I know you've had a lot of good, uh, you know, starts with the uh, Lucas Oil Lake models there over the past few years as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been up and down, but we're uh, we're making headway. Definitely, it uh, might not look like it at times, but uh, we definitely made a ton of headway from when we started. So, uh, I'm pretty excited to keep this year going, and uh, I know we missed one Lucas or one week in a Lucas for an issue we had at the shop and we couldn't make it. And, uh, I know there's a lot of questions out there if we're going to keep running Lucas or not, but, uh, yeah, we'll be at every single Lucas event from here on out. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So, so I heard that you had like a water main break there at your shop or, or something. If I remember hearing that, right. Yeah. It's kind of a freak deal. The water main broke and we couldn't get the hauler out of the shop cause it's in the back of the shop. So uh, it was, a. Uh, it was definitely a messed up deal. Yeah, that's that's bad. Now, is your shop now? Was that where is your shop? Is it still in New Mexico or? No, we're uh, we have a place right now in Crossville, Tennessee, that we've been renting. Okay, that's that's the home of Randy Weaver, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually his old shop that we're renting right now. So okay, he's, that uh, makes sense. He's moved shops. Him and his boy have. So we're we're racing out of here now, out of his old shops. I got gotcha. you. 
Well, how was Tazewell this weekend? We'll, we'll talk a little bit about Tazewell. I know you uh, that that place is fast, isn't it? High banked. Yeah, it was it was extremely fast. Uh, it's uh, it always seems like it takes you about the hot lap session to get used to the speed. You're, uh, I mean, we go a lot of places that are you know twice the size, and we probably go faster. But for how hard that place throws you back in the seat and stuff, there's probably nothing that feels like it. I would say it just doesn't seem like there's any room for error there. I mean, you've got to be on it every second of that lap. No, yeah, you're going like you're going so fast there that the air really messes with you, and you know you get beside a car or something down the straightaway. It seems like you're you're doing everything you can to stay off of the wall, but at the same time doing everything you can to stay off of him. And it's uh, it gets pretty treacherous at times, I'd say. Yeah, that's why we like it. It's uh, it makes it exciting. That is for sure. Yeah, I uh, I've only been there twice now, and I I definitely know that I need to work on probably driving more than anything for that place. It's just so much different. And I need to get. I probably need to go race there a few more times if they're going to continue to have bigger events there for sure. So. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Stormy Scott, you uh, you're from uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico, and you've actually got a twin brother, Johnny Scott, and you guys race. Which one of you? Are, which one of you are older? Uh, I am by I think six hours. <laughs> six hours. So, yeah. so, so, uh, so you pick on him for being a little brother? No, not really. We've. Uh, I'm sure if you ever talk to anybody that's twins, you get kind of involved being a twin so much when you're growing up that when you get older you try to do everything you can to try to separate a little bit i would say yeah y'all try to have your own identity so y'all really don't even look like each other i don't think no um (laughs) we look we're we're built about the same i'd say and that's about it yeah yeah well so y'all both had a so when did you kind of get started racing how'd that uh how'd that pan out for you or you know when did you get going in it um, I'd say right around nine years old, I think we, uh, our, our whole family's been real big into rodeoing. And so we rodeoed and stuff. And, uh, I just kind of got to where I didn't like it that much. And, uh, we had some, uh, we had a cousin that raced it. So we used to go out to the local racetrack and on Saturdays when they weren't team roping or something and hang out and, uh, me and him went out there and we just got to where we liked it. And at some point we just asked our grandparents for go-karts for Christmas. And after that, it's kind of over with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, uh, so I've seen pictures of your guys race shop out there, man. It looks like you've got a nice place out there to work on those, you know, your New Mexico shop. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. And we're, uh, continuing to work on it and trying to make it bigger and stuff like that. Um, our grandparents are super, super nice people. They really enjoy when some of these guys from out here go back there that they like to let them park at the shop and hang out and stuff. So we try to, we're trying to make it bigger and bigger that way. If somebody needs to unload a car or something like that, they got plenty of room to do it. So, yeah, that's perfect. Especially. So this, this coming year, I guess I was going to ask you about this a little bit later, but it kind of brings up a good point right there. So Arizona Speedway, unfortunately just got the news that they're going to shut down uh, after this year, I think they're going to let them run the rest of the year now. If I read that correctly, if that was an April Fool's, but uh, it's going to move to uh, Vado, and that track at Vado is a little closer to to you guys. And I know it's kind of a newer track, but do you think you might have the upper hand? And then also, like you said, there's some of those other guys using your shop. I mean, it's not that far from from where you're located, is it? No, it's about 15 minutes from our race shop. So I'm I'm excited for to be there. 
I've went testing there a lot, and I haven't raced there that much because, of course, when they opened it, I've been racing back here now for the last Tennessee for the last three years, and before that, Missouri was probably the last four or five years. So I haven't been around home a lot, but uh, definitely during the winter, I like to go there and test. And the track owner, Royal Jones, is a really good friend of mine, so we. Uh, we definitely enjoy it, and anytime he has a show over there, we're going to do everything we can to try to support it. So uh, I'm pretty excited for him to get this opportunity for this event to go to his track. Yeah, it kind of played right into his hands, didn't it? I, I think that, I mean, I've seen pictures of that track, and it looks like it's first class, super nice. And I know you've been to a lot of places. I mean, how would you rank it as far as uh, facility and, 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 you know, track as well? Because we haven't really seen many races there, you know, on film it's it's one of the nicest facilities i mean the next one i put like wheatland i'd say is probably the nicest but that place they continue to work on it and stuff at Votto, and uh, it's it's getting up there it's definitely nice um and it's nice there's there's just um they're working on the racetrack too i mean it's it's pretty good and when we had the outlaw show there it definitely raced pretty good but uh you know it's been open now for three years and because of covid they've only got to race at it one year so they didn't get to test one lap last year besides a little bit of testing here at the end of the year. So now they're just opened it back up and they've been racing and I watched a couple of videos of it and I, uh, I went out there and tested and kind of told them some of the banking I thought would help the racetrack race a little bit better. And, um, they changed a few of the things that I said and it looks like it's racing really good right now. So well, I'm kind of excited to get out there and try it. Well, perfect. Yeah, I think you'll uh, I think you'll do good whenever the uh, Wild West shootouts out there next year, and you know hopefully we can get some more of these national tours or whatever to you know have a big race there as well. But yeah, that's uh, that's neat to have a nice place like that in your backyard, you know. And it seems like a lot of these you hear every day of a track shutting down or closing or whatever, but it also seems like uh, you know at the same time there's quite a few, maybe not as many as we need. You know, but other tracks coming up and popping up that are, you know, super nice facilities, and that's one of them right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably it's one of the nicest places I've been to for sure, yeah. and it's uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me with Royal. He uh, he loves racing, and he um, tries to support as many people as he can, and which he also supports me out on the road and stuff. And I can't thank him enough. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just excited to get to race there. And uh, it'd be it's gonna be nice to be able to go sleep in my own bed every night too. Yeah, exactly. Well, man, you've uh, you've actually you've drove for about three different chassis brands now. You had the Bloomquist car, and you had a Rocket last year, and now you're in a Longhorn. And uh, just what are some of the differences of those cars and how they drive and how the how the setups are? Does it even relate? Is it is it the same? Different? You know, different shock packages. Just tell me a little bit about uh, you know break that down for me a little bit if you can. Um, I mean, it's all way, way different. You, you wouldn't believe how much different I'd say everything drives, but they do. Um, Bloomquist car, I'd say was more finesse. And, uh, I think that's why towards later on in the year, I got a lot better in one of those just because that's kind of how I like to drive. I don't really wheel spin a lot and that's probably my issue a lot of the time, but so I did pretty decent in one of those. And then Rocket, I just couldn't, I never could get a handle on it. I just kind of refused to drive bent sideways. So we worked on it all we could. And I mean, we just couldn't figure it out. And that was just, they work really good for some people and other people they don't. It's just, 
I guess how driving style goes with the car you're paired up with. And then Longhorn obviously has been really good since I got in it. And we, uh, I don't know, we just continue to get better with it. And I love the people in their little group and the people that I've met in it and that I'm working with. So I'm super excited to continue our deal with Longhorn. And uh, I think the future should be pretty bright for us with Longhorn. Yeah, I think so. I think you fit right into their uh, right into their deal pretty good. I think you're, uh, you know, what they want in the driver. And you were actually working with Kevin Rumley a little bit last week. Did he uh, did he teach you any tricks? <laughs> you always learn something from that guy. You just got to try and pay attention. And uh, before he moves on to the next subject, but uh, yeah, I mean, I can't thank him enough for helping us last week. And uh, I look forward to working with him definitely through this year and everybody that's uh, a part of the Longhorn team. So. Kevin's definitely he's got a he's got a head full of knowledge, man. And whenever you're around him, you just got to be a sponge. And you know, every time I go and every time I've ever talked to him, he uh, he tells me something. And while I'm still trying to process that, he's he's on to something else, just like you said. Yeah, more nine times out of ten, when he's saying something and he's doing something, I'm almost paying more attention to what he's doing because i can uh i can learn better by seeing by my eye versus him trying to tell me something so yeah i'm that way too but yeah he's he's one of those he's uh man he'll probably listen to this and hear us talking about him so but yeah he uh he does man he's a smart guy man and there's no uh there's no question why they've had the success they've had and yeah hopefully uh hopefully some of that will rub off on you this year yeah i mean i think we're gonna have a good year it's just we've i feel like we've found the speed we just need to be able to put it together in a full night it seems like we're either qualify good and we're not racing as good as we should just because we didn't keep up with the racetrack or vice versa i'd say nine times out of ten i don't qualify good but we're super super good racing but in these late models you know dirty air you can take a winning race car and put it in dirty air and you're going to be about a top 10 car so yeah yeah, how important is qualifying these days? I mean, you're exactly right. If you're if you're behind the eight ball and you didn't get a good qualifying lap, I mean, you're starting. And these guys are heavy hitters, top notch that you race with every night, night in and night out. So, uh, you know, for you to for you to have a little bit of a bad qualifying, I mean, you can only be off a couple of tenths, and that still will put you way down the list. And and you're and it's still a respectable lap, you know. But man, just tell me about how that is you know you get a little bit behind the eight ball and it's tough to catch up all night your your night anymore depends on when you pull in the gate and you walk up there to pull that pill that's that right pill basically, if you get lucky on that pill or everything line you know falls in line just right you get the right pill you go out there and you you time in where you need to time in at and then it all comes down to that that start and that first lap in that heat race and if you can, you really, I mean, you need to win your heat race anymore to, to almost have a shot at it. Everybody is so close and so good. But, I mean, you can still, you know, some of these racetracks kind of like East Bay or just some of the places that you've raced oh, not very often, but they, I'm just trying to think. East Bay is one of them places that's typically, you can start from the back, I guess, and pass, but there's not very many of those left out there. And you just you got to have everything fall in line basically to be able to win them races. It's just, it's tough. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, Stormy, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, I'm going to ask you about East Bay. I know you got your first uh, career Lucas Oil late model win there. 
back in February. And I want to ask you a little bit about that night here coming up on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. We're talking to Stormy Scott today on the Andy's Towing Hotline. Well, Stormy, before the break there, you mentioned East Bay. Um, you got your first career Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series win there at East Bay on a, uh, I believe it was about a Thursday night there. Um, and you picked up the win there. Can you tell me a little bit more about that night and how that went down and how you uh, how you were able to pull that off? Oh, where do I start? Well, <laughs> kind of the, the way that I, I ended the last segment, we we drew pills, which we didn't draw that good of a pill that night. We were later on in the, the draw, but the racetrack that night, the tide wasn't up, so it was a lot slicker in qualifying. And uh, McCready went out a couple cars before me and he was the first car to drop to the bottom and he went quick time so they told me and and i knew nine times out of ten if we can usually qualify around the bottom and it gets pretty slick i'm gonna be pretty good well i hit my lap good so we timed in good started pole of our heat race and ran second and i i feel like i gave that away just by not uh i'm still working on these late models on restarts i will say i do struggle on restarts and i think everybody knows that but Anyways, uh, I ran second to, I think, Shirley in that, and which put us, I think, ninth in the feature. And Yeah, I, and I remember feature. from there, you just you just were just picking them off, rolling the bottom there, and then, I mean, by lap seven, you were in the lead and then checking out, and everybody's like, wow, is this, is this Stormy Scott going to get it done tonight? And, uh, man, sure enough, you got it done. But, yeah, I, I didn't mean to break into your story, but, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I knew as soon as that, as soon as they dropped the green and we went two laps, I knew how good I was. And, uh, yeah, we kind of, we had a restart and I picked the middle or I, I went to the top cause everybody else was kind of run the top and the bottom. Well, we had a restart and I had to start on the outside. So I drove right to the middle and I think went from fifth or sixth to the lead in like a lap and a half. And then after that, I was about as shocked, I think, as everybody else because we were that good and uh i just kind of i just tried to stay as smooth as i could and as straight as i could and make sure and take care of my tires till i seen somebody's nose and i never did and just did everything i could to try to hit my marks basically yeah yeah and you got it done but you know the worst part about that you know you won that race that night well the worst part about it was was you know i'm sure you wanted to jump up and down and drink a few beers and really celebrate and hang out with the fans and all that afterwards. Well, you didn't get to do that. You had to go right back to the pits and get that car ready to go again for another show right after that. <laughs> well, that's probably what I should have done. But, yeah, that was the problem. I, I did uh, drink a beer uh, <laughs> as, soon as, uh, as soon as the feature was over, as quick as I could. And as soon as I was drinking one inside the trailer, tech, the official walked in and asked me to run this next feature. And I looked right at him kind of white face and said uh well i know you ain't gonna lie about this so i said i can't i'm drinking beer so that's kind of how that went <laughs> well i wondered about that because i know i never saw your name in the in the running order in that so uh so yeah you just went ahead and got the drinking well, that's pretty that makes the story even cooler <laughs> yeah pretty much i <laughs> i just figured i didn't start way up front in that next feature and i i just thought to myself i wanted to end my night on on that win and not 
not be able to basically live that win or whatever and you know go back out there for a feature so well that's perfect i, I didn't really realize that i thought you kind of had to go right back to work and uh so you just went ahead and got right in the right on into the beer cooler that sounds like something i would do yeah we went ahead and we got after it so that was <laughs> <laughs> definitely a fun night and it'll be that'll definitely be something i probably never forget so well i can't wait to be there uh you know with y'all whenever you uh whenever you get another big win because i know there's another one coming for sure and uh you know, I don't think it'll be that long from now. So maybe whenever we're up at uh, Florence or Eldora or somewhere like that, you know, we'll, uh, you, you can click one of those wins off and it'll be an even bigger celebration than winning East Bay. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Um, yeah, I would say that's, that's probably my favorite racetrack, which I know a lot of people say that, but I'd say Eldora is probably the way you got to drive it and stuff and how straight you got to be. That's probably one of my favorite racetracks to go to yeah I, I me too man i say it a lot on this show and it's uh it's always been my favorite track to get to go to i wish i could have got to go up there or started going up there a lot earlier than i did but uh but i think the first time i went was 2014 for the world 100 and after that i was hooked i said man i ain't gonna miss it for the rest of you know as long as i'm alive i don't think so it uh it definitely spoiled you if you go to eldora it's it's hard not to go back it does man and and it's you know and it's not like we weren't keeping up with it all those other years but i'll tell you what i really like about it and i wonder what your take on it is is the format they have at eldora now you know and to put it in perspective you know used to they would it would be a two-day show friday and saturday and all they did on friday was just single car qualifying then on saturday you know the traditional six heat races and all well this format that they've got going on up there now of three full shows of racing and all those heat races and all that, that's what really makes me as a fan want to go. What do you as a driver think about that, getting to go up there and race for uh, three nights in a row, uh, you know, for some cash? I mean, the one one thing that's really good about Eldora is you don't have to start on the front row to be able to win the race, like I would say. Exactly, yeah. Like that, that place is wide enough, even though it's a big racetrack, it's wide enough that you can – you can basically kind of miss dirty air and enter the corners different if you want and lots of slide jobs i would say but uh that's definitely one of the best racing racetracks i would say for late model i think yeah but you know like don't you think it's neat that they race like this you know it's a good racetrack well you know back in the day they just qualified and pretty much started everybody in a heat race now that's why i like going is to get to see all that racing that you're talking about and it is spectacular from the drop of the green flag every night with those uh with the, every lap counting and the points and the you know the whole format of that show is really spectacular and uh, other other events should really take note to that format i think yeah i mean it, it is a good format because as a driver you do get to go out there and turn a lot of laps and which that helps you dial in your car and you know it is a, it is a lot nicer you know to be able to race all them other races besides you know some of these other places we go where you get to run a qualifying lap and a heat race and that's it or mm -hmm. you know just where you get no laps on the racetrack that kind of throws you for a curveball because you don't know what the racetrack's going to do but when you get to race all them races leading up to that that final big night you you know, you kind of line up that final big nine. Everybody pretty knows, pretty much knows what they got and where they stand at. And hopefully, you made the right adjustments. But it's uh, you know, you're if you win that race, you're racing everybody at their best, basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I had uh, Blake Harris on the show here before this. He's actually going to be the ultimate Super Late Model Series announcer this year, and and he had a question that he wanted me to ask you. And 
basically his question was, you know, you and your brother, uh, Johnny Scott come from the modifieds and, and, you know, we got all these guys and super late models right now, Ricky Thornton, Jr. Kyle, uh, Strickler and, and, you know, you yourself is included in that. And, you know, Nick Hoffman's raced a little bit, but what do you think it is about the modifieds, uh, you know, transferring to, uh, super late models? It's, it's harder and it's easier. It just depends kind of, there's things that are similar about them. And then there's habits you got to break. I would say, um, I think a modified, you drive with the feet, your feet a lot more than you do with your steering wheel. Yeah. So when you get to a late model, that's the hardest thing is don't rely on that brake. You rely on the steering wheel. So that's, I'd say one of the hardest things in them. But I'd say one of the advantages you get to, you get used to racing on a, a hard, narrow tire most of the time in modified. So in a late model, I'd say that makes you a lot better when the racetracks get slicker and stuff. You've got a lot better throttle control than a lot of people do. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. You know, you got tr tires that are twice as wide in a late model uh, uh, compared to a uh, modified. So yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting take on that for sure. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's pros and cons with it, kind of like everything else. But uh, I just, I, I do think that's why a lot of the guys though that come out of the modifieds run pretty good in the late model stuff is they got really good throttle control. The guys that are really good in modifieds do. Well, Stormy, I think I've crossed all the uh, crossed all the questions off my list here today. Unless you got anything else you want to add, uh, you can go ahead and thank your sponsors and uh, who gets you who gets you there to the track. And uh, you know, good luck this weekend at the MLRA event out there at Lucas Oil Speedway. Oh, uh, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, of course, I got to thank my grandparents, Rancho Milagro Racing. Without them, there's no way I could do this. Um, Eagle Moon Farms, uh, Eagle Moon Hemp. And Labs, Top of the World Ranch, Messiah Valley Transportation, Longhorn, Bilstein, uh, Clements Race Engines. He, I think he builds pretty much one of the best motors on the market. Uh, just Hoosier, of course. Um, you know, any little help you can get on a tire helps you tremendously, whether anybody wants to believe it or not. Uh, VP Race Fields. Swift Springs, Scott Brothers Racing, of course, me and my brother's deal that kind of does this whole thing. And uh, Willie's, they, they build awesome carburetor stuff, stealth. Um, I mean, just everybody. If I'm leaving anybody out, I apologize, but um, just everyone. So. Yeah, it, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle to make the world go around, Stormy, but i definitely appreciate yeah. you being on the podcast tonight man you know uh, it was kevin rumley's idea he said or I, I don't know it might have been your idea but kevin gave me your number and said stormy wants to be on your show so i reached out to you and i said man that'll be perfect so uh i had a lot of things i wanted to know about you and i think i learned a lot about you on this show and i think a lot of people out there that will listen to this will uh will learn a lot about you and uh and i wish you the best of luck in the future and uh, we'll see you at the racetrack soon and uh, like i said i think you got some more big wins coming your way here pretty soon Oh, I sure hope so, but I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, Stormy. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. Well, that was Stormy Scott here on the Forward Bike Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Stormy Scott and his racing schedule, go to scottbrothersracing.com, and you can see where they're going to be racing. Well, folks, until next week, that was another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. We'll see you next week.